Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. I am your host, Mindy McCulley, Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Specialist for Instructional Support at the University of Kentucky. My guest today is Dr. Courtney Luking, Extension Specialist for Nutrition and Health. Welcome, Courtney. Hi, Mindy. You have given me a very comforting topic for today. We are going to talk about why comfort foods are so comforting and why we have the urge to eat certain foods and how those foods impact our moods. Uh, Yeah, and so I think it'll be a fun topic to discuss. Yes, definitely. And I know over the past year, lots of us have experienced stress in so many different forms. And we've seen all seen the memes, you know, stress is dessert spelled backwards. And so, of course, that means we're going to go digging our forks into all those decadent desserts because that Mm -hmm. will take care of our stress. Now, you and I talked earlier that eating is not typically the way that I respond to stress. And you said you don't either. But there are are lots and lots of people who do respond to stress by picking up a fork. So let's talk about the role that food plays in coping with stress. Yes, I'm so glad you brought that up and appreciate your shared experiences because everyone is different, right? But as you alluded to, the foods we eat and or not eat and the emotions we experience are closely linked. And, and, And it's not just stress. It's also maybe more joyful or happy feelings celebration, but also shame and more. And so foods influence how we feel and how we feel influences what, but also how much we eat. And so I want you to take a moment, even if you don't stress eat and and all our listeners, I want us to take a moment to close our eyes and think about our favorite comfort food. Mm. And if you don't mind me asking, Mindy, I'd like, I heard some, mm, I want you to tell me what you're thinking about. (laughs) I am thinking about my grandmother's macaroni and cheese because Mm. it Mm -hmm. is decadent. It is filled. She always said when she made macaroni and cheese, she used all of the cheese she had in the house plus a couple more cups. Sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah, And it, it just dripped with cheese and it was the most wonderful macaroni and cheese in the world. Now, I have recreated it in a healthier fashion, but I don't, never enjoy it the way I enjoyed my grandmother's. <laughs> and so tell me more about the feelings that come to mind as you thought about your grandmother's macaroni so, and cheese. So when I think about my grandmother's macaroni and cheese, I think about sitting around her table and that my family, my grandparents, my aunt and uncle, my family were all there. You know, everybody was there together because she always served macaroni and cheese whenever the whole family was gathered. I think about their home um, that's still in our family, but it's not, you know, it doesn't feel the same now because they're not there. But mm-hmm. I can think about her macaroni and cheese and, and I feel like I'm there again. So it's it's special. And I, I, when I look at the dish that she put her macaroni and cheese in, I can smell it. Mm, that's powerful. That's a powerful memory. And, yes. and so I think your example is a really great one. Uh, it kind of will get us down the track of discussing why comfort foods are so comforting because that macaroni and cheese gives you a feeling of nostalgia 
yes. family gatherings and special places. Mm-hmm. You you said uh, that is one of those foods that that is so comforting. And when I prepare my grandmother's macaroni and cheese the way she fixed it, I can't put my fork down. I want to eat all of it. And so tell mm-hmm. me, why is it um, that I just can't get my feel of comfort food? Well, our appetite, which is our desire to eat certain foods, is determined by both internal and external cues. The internal cues or messages include hormonal signals inside our body that are basically telling our brain either you're hungry or you're full. And then those external cues include the thing, so maybe it's your grandmother's house or the people around the table, um, which would be the people in our environment that prompt or encourage us to eat. And kind of connecting this back to the stress point with long periods of stress, our body's stress response system stays turned on. And this means we have higher than normal levels of stress hormones. Cortisol, You have you heard of mm-hmm. that one before? Certainly. Mm-hmm. But, yes, it's one of the most popular, most well-known stress hormones, I should say. And it one of its functions, it is an internal cue or message that can increase our appetite for foods that are high in sugar, fat, and sodium. And as you alluded to, but sometimes these hormones can have the opposite effect, that they can decrease mm-hmm. our appetite. For, for many, it's, it's a change in hormones that can signal a change in our appetites for certain foods. Yeah. So I can imagine that my desire for my grandmother's macaroni and cheese is you know, my desire to connect with them, even though they're passed away. And, and I know that that can't happen. It, you know, it's just... I can keep doing it. And I guess it would kind of be a stress response too, because they aren't here. And so I, I want to bring them back. So yeah, I can mm-hmm. see how that would mm-hmm. be. And if so it does um, sound like these hormones can help us actually feel better. And so that's why we keep eating the foods that, that bring us comfort, right? Yeah. So, so the hormones are going to signal, you know, kind of, are you hungry or are you not? And then our brains also have reports reward pathways that and these in general help us learn they motivate us and they prompt pleasurable feelings or pleasant feelings and so Mm -hmm. ultimately they're going to influence our behavior and there are a lot of things that can influence these reward pathways food included so eating or even smelling seeing or thinking about food can activate these reward systems and encourage us to eat And foods that are higher in fat or sugar are particularly rewarding. So that combination of our increased desire for foods that are high in sugar or fat and feeling good after eating them explains why we might find ourselves wanting more of our family's macaroni and teas, for example. Oh, yes. I can can imagine. So what are the downsides to indulging in comfort foods? You know, there is some evidence that eating highly pleasurable foods can reduce signs of stress, anxiety, or other negative feelings. So it's not all bad. But the the warning kind of signal, the warning flag, if you will, is that these effects are usually temporary. And over time, these types of foods that are higher in fat or sugar. So think about a lot of snack foods, people reach for those chips or cookies or ice cream and things of that nature. They could have the opposite effect on our mood and health that's something that we we want to be careful about, don't we? So what suggestions do you have for managing stress or um, stress eating and supporting a positive mood? There are four 
kind of buckets of things we can talk about to help manage this. And it includes staying hydrated, managing caffeine, eating regularly. And the last one is focusing on a variety of foods. Ah, so let's get started with focusing on a variety first. Yeah, so focusing on a variety of foods, we want to choose fruit and vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, and healthy fats from nuts and seeds. Um, So this is that good old my plate you might have learned about, or if you're maybe a wiser generation, that food guide pyramid might come to mind. Um, (laughs) And then kind of related to that, we do want to aim to limit added sugars and saturated fats. These are typically found in those comfort foods, but by having a variety, you'll have a balance and it'll help keep your blood sugar more regulated. And that can, that can also influence your mood in a positive way. And then of course, reducing caffeine, that's an interesting one for me. So tell me more about that. Yeah. So caffeine, you know, if you're a coffee drinker, um, caffeine can be in tea or even like energy drinks, we, we might want that or feel like we need it to get through the day, but it is a stimulant and it can potentially worsen symptoms of anxiety. And so during times of stress, we want to consider cutting down or limiting those types of drinks. You know, chocolate has some in there as well. So depending on how sensitive <laughs> you are to caffeine, you might want to be wary of chocolate. Okay. Now help me remember, then we also want to increase our intake of water, right? Yeah, so staying hydrated, um, not having enough fluid can make us feel sluggish or like we have a foggy brain. And so drinking water or other unsweetened beverages like unsweetened tea or flavored water or milk can help keep you hydrated and feeling good throughout the day. And then our fourth strategy is? Eating regularly. And because we talked about the variety of foods, but eating throughout the day helps stabilize that blood sugar and reduces those swings from low to high, which could impact both our desire to eat and our mood. And it's harder to make um, healthier choices in in those moments. And if I'm really, really just needing a burst of comfort, is it okay if I go ahead and make my grandmother's macaroni and cheese? Of course. (laughs) It is definitely okay to incorporate your grandmother's macaroni and cheese or whatever anyone's favorite comfort food is. A couple tips um, would be instead of eating out of the serving dish, for example, or the, the container or while watching television or doing other activities, is to put a small amount of whatever your, your favorite food is on a bowl or a plate and have a seat at the table so that you can really just take time to savor the flavor and engage your senses as you eat your favorite food. Yeah. (laughs) It it is very interesting. You know, with most foods, the law of diminishing returns always kicks in, but somehow it just does not do that with my grandmother's macaroni and cheese. I don't know why that is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't either. (laughs) We'll have to figure that one out for in another podcast. I'm not sure what that will be, but you will be pleased to know that typically I make my healthier version. It's very rare for me to make my grandmother's decadent version. So (laughs) it's all good. It's all good either way. Courtney, thanks so much for joining me today. I think that this has been a fun and enlightening discussion for all of our listeners. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And if you are just joining us, you have been listening to Talking Facts. We are available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, 
resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.